Good morning, TBA. Good morning. My name is Tim Parker, and I want to welcome everybody to TBA this morning. I just want to say that I am positively excited to see all of you this morning. And I'm positive that it's Sunday, January 31st, 2016. I wasn't so positive yesterday I'd written down 2017. And maybe much to your dismay, I am positive that the pastors asked me to speak today. I am also positive, as I'm sure for a lot of you, that that song has been stuck in my head for the last month. Andrew's tired of hearing me humming across the desk from him. We've been in a series this month entitled Stay Positive. This series was to get our thought process away from all the negativity in the world and focus on the positive. And hopefully, what we have learned is that by focusing on the positive instead of the negative, our thoughts and our hearts begin to change and we can affect our surroundings in that same positive manner. Brian Stiverson, Stivey, started this off with, I'm optimistic. And left us that day with, even Christ had a Friday. And the Friday that Christ had cannot even compare to our worst day. We can't even compare what that looks like. But Christ had a Friday, but he had a Sunday. And Brian left us with, if you are in your Friday right now, know that your Sunday is coming. Stay positive. Next, Brian Legg asked the question, why do we find it easier to complain than to be grateful? Staying positive is to be grateful in our situation and our circumstance, to thank God for every part of our lives, to see the good and to see the blessing that comes out of even what we perceive to be bad. Stay positive. And then last week, Dave Shive talked about being an encourager. How do our words affect others? How do our lack of words affect others? We have so much more impact in other people's lives when we encourage. Stay positive. Today, I get to talk to you about confidence. In a world of negativity, our confidence is often shaken. Do you struggle with confidence? Do you know someone that struggles with confidence? I would say most people struggle with a lack of confidence in some way or the other. I'd say that there are times when I struggle with things. Am I confident that I'm being a good dad? Am I confident that I'm being a good husband? Am I confident that I'm being a good friend? We are usually unhappy with some aspect of our life. What would you say you lack confidence in? I would say that I lack confidence in the way that I look. Why else would I change from a flat top to this? Why else would we spend time in the gym or diet? Is it to get healthy? No. Well, probably part of it. It's to change the way we look. If someone asked you if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? What would your response be? I imagine it would be something like this. Why only one thing? I've got 53 things that I want to change. 
Most of our confidence problems do not even come from others, but from our own self-talk. Sometimes when I take something on, I find myself saying, why did you do that? You're not, a good, you're not good enough to handle that. You'll find a way to mess that up, whatever that is. Do you find yourself doing that? When we lack confidence, there are typically three ways that that lack of confidence will manifest itself. First, we either choose not to try. I'm not good enough to do that. I'm only going to fail at it, so instead of even trying... We choose not to even try. Second, you criticize. We like to criticize, don't we? Even if it's something we want for ourselves, we will criticize it because we have a lack of confidence to think that we can attain or have it. It's not very good at being an encourager. Not very good at being grateful for what we have. Or even this one, the most confident appearing people, those that are even, we say, arrogant, are the ones who lack the most confidence and are the most insecure. I'm going to talk about three types of insecure people. Have you been or do you know any of these people? Don't point at them if you do. All right? First up, we have people pleasers. People pleasers. Those are the ones that are like, hey boss, how you doing today? You having a good day? Can I get you some coffee? You need some money? I got some money. You want some money? We've got another word for those guys at work, so make sure you don't point those out. There you go. Next up we have the fishers. The fishers. Those are the ones that, that post the picture out there and they say, oh, I'm feeling so blah. Oh no, girl, you're looking good. Or the, uh, this is going to be me later on today. So, do you like the service? <laughs> what, part of the, what part of the service was your favorite? Uh, the sermon? Really? <laughs> okay. The music. There you go. And then you have the one-uppers. The one-uppers. Those are the ones that uh, starts out kind of like this. Hey, guess what? My, uh, my son memorized a verse of the Bible. Oh, really? My son memorized a book of the Bible. In, in Hebrew. <laughs> or maybe it's, uh, I'm going on a vacation this week. Oh, really? I'm going on a, uh, a three-month vacation to an island that I bought. <laughs> you know any of those people? What's sometimes interesting is what can trigger insecurities. You know, I've talked to you before about how big I had gotten and and started to lose weight. Let's go back to the reverse of that. I was pretty small in high school, skinny, no muscle, no facial hair, you know, the picture of masculinity. Needless to say, I lacked confidence. I was not much of a ball player. My brother seemed to have received all of that talent. So I jumped into something that would later on help me out in life, a little thing called dancing or dancing if you're not from the south although that is pretty popular nowadays with the boys it wasn't so much back then <clears throat> I caught quite a bit of flack 
from most of my buddies, but I was pretty good at it, and I liked it. We'll get back to the dance a little later. So, what was my next step? Well, a young man of my physical prowess should absolutely join the Marines, right? Let's talk briefly about the Marines and the confidence. Trust me when I say you have no choice but to come out of that confident. The Marines and I imagine other branches of the military have a way of instilling confidence even in the meekest of individuals. In the Corps, one of those ways is the confidence course. On the left up there, you've got the uh, Jacob's Ladder, climb over the top. It's actually quite a big distance. And then you have two photos of what they called the slide for life. That instills confidence, right? Slide for your life. They make things as extreme as they are allowed and sometimes push the envelope on even that. Now, this next photo doesn't look like that big of a deal. Look at the guy in the glasses. Looks like he's been standing up there for a whole lot longer than the rest of them. I want you to go home and try this sometime. After about 30 minutes of holding your arms out like that, you're on the floor crying and shaking, and of course you've got a drill instructor that's in your face telling you to hold your arms up. I want you to go home and try that. This one, Repelling Tower. Anybody remember uh, PM Magazine? Remember PM Magazine used to come on? Right before I went into the Marine Corps for basic training, PM Magazine came out with this, and this is probably the last thing that I should have watched, but it was a, a, a view of what boot camp, Marine Corps boot camp looked like, and they took some video from here at the Repelling Tower, and they said, in order to graduate from Marine Corps boot camp, you need to do this. Well, at that point, it shoots to the top of the tower, and this drill instructor comes running full bore across the top of the tower, just jumps straight off, face first in a full-on Australian rappel, screaming, and I'm going, there's no way I'm doing that. Guess what? By the time I finished boot camp, I would have jumped off that tower without a rope and been confident about it. I wouldn't have been very smart, but I would have been confident that I could do it. Lack of confidence was not my problem. Coming out of the core, but misplaced confidence was. You see, no matter how confident I was coming out of the Corps and the years shortly after, it was still a self-confidence. You see, we're talking about what a lack of confidence is causing. A lot of you are missing out on what God has in store for your life. Some of you are missing out on a job opportunity because of a lack of confidence. Some of you are missing out on leading a ministry, sharing a talent, tithing because of a lack or misplaced confidence. It is sad. It is a potential loss of a blessing when we don't even attempt to do things because of a lack of confidence. So we are wrapping up this series as I talk about the type of confidence that we should have. I told you a few minutes ago that I did not lack confidence, but my confidence was misplaced. I know you probably ask, why is self-confidence a problem? Well, let's look at this. As human beings, our flesh is weak. We're selfish and self-serving. We do not need to trust in self-confidence. What I want to talk to you about today is to cultivate God confidence. Where does this idea come from? 
this idea starts. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 through 12. This is coming out of the message version. And the last part of this verse, Paul says, Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. In fact, let's look at that complete verse from the message version. These are all warning markers, danger, in our history books written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, we at the end. We are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You can fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. Now, what is Paul talking about there? He's, he's saying, look, we've tried this before. It doesn't work. We need to change it up. He's, he's defining insanity. We're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. We need to change the place that we have confidence. So we are going to forget about self-confidence because it is flawed. We are spiritually on one day and off the next. Paul even says this. Paul says this. I will not put confidence in my own flesh. What we are going to ask God to do is develop a faith deep inside of us that will cultivate God-confidence. So we're going to talk about three different truths and look at the scripture that defines these truths so that we can develop what, everybody say it, God confidence. Let's talk about the first truth. The first thing that we have to recognize is that my God is always for me. My God is always for me. Let's discuss this because oftentimes people have an inaccurate view of the character and nature of of God. Thought process goes a little like this, doesn't it? Well, I did pretty good today, so God's probably going to bless me. Or the reverse of that, oh no, I didn't do well at all, God's going to punish me. Part of the problem is that we do not have consistently good spiritual days. So our first thought is that God is out to get me. God is our loving Heavenly Father. First off, who has kids and wants to admit it? Raise your hands. I don't think that any of us wake up saying, Ooh, I can't wait to see what they do wrong today. I want to catch them. I want to take them out behind the woodshed and I want to whoop them. I hope I don't see any hands up on that one. Even when our kids make us mad and are doing something that we don't approve of, we always are for our kids, right? We want what's best for our kids. Well, guess what? God is always for us, and he always wants what's best for us. In fact, Paul says this in Romans 8.31. Help me read this. If God is what? For us, who can ever be against us? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Let's go back and talk a little more about my dancing. You see, I tried to play ball as a kid. I just wasn't any good. But I continued to try. 
Even though it wasn't any good, I continued to try because I wanted to earn my father's love and approval. Even by doing something that I didn't want to do or I didn't do well. But guess what? I was never going to earn that because I already had it. That was never in question with my dad. And that realization, as much as I know he loved sports and as much as I wanted to be a sports person for him, I knew that was going to happen, but Dad didn't care about that. He loved me no matter what. And that realization allowed me to step into something that I was good at, dance. So what did I do? I went from playing for my father's approval to dancing from my father's approval. I went from doing something that I didn't like trying to earn his approval that I already had to dancing for my Father's approval. We do not need to work for our Heavenly Father's approval. We can't earn it anyway. It doesn't matter what we do. We should be living from our Father's approval because we already have it. You see, my dad was for me. And our Heavenly Father is for us. I also want to expound on that dance thing just a little bit. God put that love in my heart for dance long before I would ever need to use it. Had it not been for that love of dance, then the night I walked into a little dance place in Winter Haven, Florida, I would not have been able to catch the eye of the most beautiful woman in the whole world. It's amazing to look back and see how much God loves us for even even when I did not serve him even whenever I did not serve him he poured out his grace and blessed me with a godly woman I did not deserve had it not been for that dancing encounter I'm sure that I would not be here on this stage telling you God is for us we are perfect in His sight because of our faith in Jesus. And when we take a step of faith, our God wants to use everything to bring about what is good. Let's look at Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. So do not throw away this what? Confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. The second thing is, my God always helps me. Isn't that music to your ears? My God always helps me. It is for me. Let's look at Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So I say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Without his help, we are floundering. With his help, we are able to accomplish so much more. We have about 16 young men that have just finished a father-son purity class. They have made a commitment to God and their future wives to remain pure. One of the things they have realized from this class is that this will only be, help, be possible with God's help. The young men in the class and even the fathers have taken up a phrase, burn the boats. We read a story in the class about when Cortez took 600 men and tried to conquer a place 
that had never been conquered before. That was Mexico. As they landed their boats, the first command that Cortez gave was burn the boats. Now that may sound crazy, but they were committed to success. It took away any means of escape for them. That meant that there was only one thing to do, and that was to be victorious. The fathers and young men in the group have decided to be confident in God, burn the boats, and be victorious. Our God is our helper. If we approach the throne and ask him with all sincerity for help, he is going to provide. If there is a hard, hard conversation that you need to have, ask God and he will give you the words. Our God provided his presence in the Holy Spirit as what? As a helper. Some of us are going through tough times. God is concerned for us and wants to help us. Three years ago on November 3rd, we found out that my mom had cancer. Two weeks later, she was gone. That was the toughest thing that we've ever had to deal with. But God. But God. Don't you just love when you hear those words? But God. God was our help and support. We would have never made it through without his help. And because I can look back and see his help in my past, I can see his help today, and I trust that he will be there to help in my future. Let's look at Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. He never leaves us. He never leaves us. He's always there, even when we don't see him, even when we don't sense him. He is an ever-present help in trouble. This is why we want to cultivate a God confidence. My God is for me. My God always helps me. And the third thing is my God is still working in me. My God is still working in me. That's good news, right? I know it is for me. About ten years ago, my marriage was probably on the brink of disaster because of lies about an addiction to tobacco. Lies that hurt Joni and our marriage but because of her patience and God's continued work in me, I was able to overcome those choices that I was making and because God was for me and because God was helping me and because God was still working in me, our marriage and our ministry is stronger than ever. You probably would have looked at me back then and said, does he even know who Jesus is? I knew him, but I did not have a confidence in him. But God, there it is again, but God was and is still working in me. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this, being confident of this, that God, who began a good work, in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God will carry it on to completion. He's not going to give up on us. God never gives up on us. 
He will continue to work in you if you allow Him. You know, the last time I was, uh, last time I was in Israel, I took a picture from the Mount of Precipice. And I have not been able to stop looking at this picture. I believe that it is a picture of what happens when we have a God confidence. When we are confident that God is for us through His promises, and we allow the Holy Spirit to help guide and support us, and we allow the light of Christ to continue to work in us, then and only then do we reach our full potential. And then new and beautiful life will grow in the rockiness of our world. He continues to work in me, but guess what? He's not only for me. God is always for you. God is always helping you. And God, thank God, He is still working in you and in me. Do you have a confidence in God that makes you bold and allows new life to spring forth? If not, then I would say pray about it. Turn that section of your life over to God and let God begin that process. Trust me, you won't be sorry. Of that, I'm positive. Let us pray. Father, today we thank you for being for us, Father. We thank you for always being a help to us, Father. For being there no matter what we do. And God, most of all, we thank you for never giving up on us and continuing to do your good work in us. Father, today we thank you for the blessings that you've given us, those that we see and those that we don't even know that you've given us, Father. We thank you for friendships and encouragement, being optimistic, and being grateful for those things that we have in our lives, Father. Father, thank you for this time, thank you for this day, and thank you for your love. And in Jesus' powerful and precious name we pray.